1: Uh, make sure to check them out, it's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another Finn Fans podcast this evening. I'm here with Daniel Reinhardt. What up, Finn Fans,
0: and Ryan Norwood. Hey there, Finn Fans. Lewis
1: will be back, he's on vacation for a while. He's out, he's out earning money. We'll see him maybe in about two or three weeks, but anyway. Tonight, we're going to talk about free agency as it relates to the Dolphins. Uh, Ryan will be talking about the offensive line, and Daniel will be talking about wide receiver and tight end. Before we do that, I'm just going to go for the coaching changes real quick. Um, Former Dolphins assistant defensive line coach Derek LeBlanc will join the Arizona Cardinals, and he'll be their new defensive line coach, so that's good promotion for him. Good for him. Mm -hmm. The Finns are adding Western Kentucky's defensive line coach Kenny Baker as assistant defensive line coach. Baker did a solid job coaching uh, their defensive line. Um, Western Kentucky ranks second in sacks scoring defense and opposing yards per carry in their conference. Nice. The Dolphins are also hiring Joe Casper. That's the Eagles quality control coach. The Dolphins promoted him to safeties coach a position he's played and coached previously. Uh, the bigger move is is Fangio asked for and received permission to hire former Dolphin Ronaldo Hill. Hill was the Chargers defensive coordinator last year and uh, in Miami, Hill will be the defensive passing game coordinator. I believe they're still looking for a linebacker coach as well, so there'll probably be some more changes, but uh, uh, that's it from the coaching front. Um, Daniel, you wanted to talk about uh, wide receivers.
2: Yeah. So obviously, as it stands now we have one of the best duos in the league and i know a lot of people are probably scratching their head with cedric wilson uh probably us included right we kind of struggle a little bit with his output for the season he did not perform the way we wanted to but here here it is guys i'm gonna lay it out for everybody he's staying on the team (laughs) he's not going anywhere we're not cutting him we're not going to be able to trade him because he didn't produce so We've probably got uh, our, our good core of wide receiver set. And we got a couple of young guys. So, EZE, Eric Izakonma, and Braylon Sanders has an opportunity to play some more. Trent Sherfield is a free agent. So, everybody knows how much I love 14, uh, how much I think that he's just a, a team player. You told He's us a all season. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you guys made sure that I heard that he was my guy after I told you preseason he was going to play and he yep. was going to be important. So yep. I think that there is a chance that we bring him back. Uh, I would not be sad about that. If, but if we did that, there's a very, a very good likelihood that we're not going to be spending any money in free agency on the wide receiver position. So with that kind of thought in mind, I gave us, there's a list of three guys that I think may fit for Miami and what they want to do. There are several guys in free agency this year, guys like DJ Chark, uh, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. None of those guys I think are, are guys that we're going to target, even a guy like Juju, right? And there's going to be a contingent of Dolphins fans who wants us to go get Jarvis Landry and bring him in for cheap. I don't see those guys being as guys that we're going to target. Uh, But I do have three guys I think may fit. Miles Boykin being one, he was a third rounder from Notre Dame who was drafted by Baltimore and never really reached his potential. Lamar Jackson struggled to get multiple receivers uh, involved, and he's really explosive. Uh, He struggled last year in Pittsburgh and only had three targets and two catches. So he's going to be a guy who, if we needed to bring him in, he'd be cheap. And he has the explosive traits that we're looking for. He's also 6'4 and 220, uh, a size that we don't exactly have a lot of production from right now. Similar to that, we have a 6'2, 205 guy named Marcus Calloway. He was an undrafted free agent, went to the Saints, never really realized any sort of potential. As an undrafted free agent, you don't expect a lot, but he, he played a lot of downs for that team. So he knows what the heck he's doing. He'd be another cheap sign. The one guy I think that would fit what McDaniel wants to do is an all-purpose guy, a big play threat, and that's Paris Campbell. Out of Ohio State, he's still only 25 years old. He was a second-round pick. He's explosive. He's sudden, and he gets separation. So while he's only six foot, similar to the mold that we have now with Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, he is a guy who is a threat to... Take it to the end zone on every touch. He's had injury problems. So I think that he may have a contract coming his way that's a prove it type of contract. I think Paris Campbell would be a guy that possibly, you know, if we're looking for somebody to fill a role, he he could join the Fins.
1: You don't think they would be happier with Uzakama? I sure hope so.
2: Yeah. And that's why I said that stuff in the beginning, right? I am not sure that we go out and target a wide receiver, but for the purpose of this exercise, I wanted to make sure that I gave some examples of guys who I gotcha. thought would fit. Yep. And mm-hmm. and Paris Campbell, man, believe it or not, like he was one of those multi-purpose threats who could do everything on the field at Ohio State. Uh, we have kind of experience with that, right? And Ted Ginn, but he's, <laughs> he's cut from a different type of cloth. He's, super fast. He's sudden. He's explosive in and out of his breaks. He can get separation like nobody's business. And if we need a guy like that, I could see us going after him.
1: You can say what you want about Ginn, but he actually put in a good career.
2: He did. Yeah. He really did. He ended his career really well. And uh, you know, while he wasn't the explos- explosion that we hoped he would being what? They, the they overdrafted him, that's all. Yeah, they just overdrafted yeah. him. Yeah, but with ninth uh, overall, I think, right? So.
1: Oh, yeah, first round. You know, I don't remember exactly what number he was, but you know, it, it they obviously shouldn't have had a first round grade on him, you know, but yeah. uh, they did and they took him. And you know, like I said, he, he ended up with a nice career. He he wasn't a superstar, but he played for what nine ten years.
2: Yeah, and there are plenty of guys in this free agents. In this free agency this year who are role players who could come in on a cheap veteran deal, guys like Brashad Perriman, you yep. know, and be able to actually fill a role. But if there's another guy, I think maybe on the younger side that may do that, you, you got to keep your eye on a guy like Juwan Jennings. Leaving San Francisco potentially as a free agent and coming over because of the, uh, the relationship he already has with Daniels as well. Yep.
1: All right, Ryan, tell us about the offensive line.
2: Every one of us knows that the offensive
0: line has been an issue for a very long time. I don't think you guys disagree with that. Since 2009. Pretty much, yeah, since uh, Tony Sperano was here. Yep. And we are fairly set at three positions. You got Teron Armstead at left tackle, Connor Williams at center, Rob Hunt at right guard, which means we need a right tackle and left guard to round out our offensive line. Now, as of right now, you had Austin Jackson who's playing right tackle. And I think all of us agree that he is not not the long term answer at that position, and Liam Meikenberg at left guard. So heading into this offseason, we are losing Eric Fisher, Greg Little, Brandon Shell, Jerron Christian, and Michael Dieter to free agency. That's five players, half of the active offensive linemen on our roster.
1: Yeah. So you need a backup center.
0: We need quite a few things. And yeah. first and foremost the way I think the Dolphins will play it out is to bring Eric Fisher back. He mm-hmm. was a, a late signing uh, towards the end of last season. Didn't play a snap due to injury, but I think there was a purpose for bringing him in. And well, it's more he, of a. How did he tournament. get
1: hurt? He didn't play.
0: He actually was not fully healthy when they signed him. He sat out all of last season because of an injury. He was trying to rehab. Yep. In my okay. opinion. That makes he, sense. Yeah. In my opinion. The Dolphins signed him with the plan to bring him back next year. Um, They can manipulate the cap, do all this stuff in order to drag out the $3 million he got last year and carry it over the next two years uh, if they resign him. So I see him coming in as either the battling for a right tackle position or being the swing tackle behind Armstead and whoever they do get to play right tackle. But other than that, the big fish right now, is mike McGlinchey? he's a 28 year old right tackle first round draft pick 2018 out of notre dame and the reason he is in my opinion the big fish for the dolphins he played for the san francisco 49ers under mike mcdaniel he fits the scheme he knows the team he knows the running backs he knows everything so he would be that golden goose to come in play right tackle and if you had mike McGlinchy, rob hunt Connor Williams and Teron Armstead on the offensive line. I think you could keep Eichenberg at left guard or let Jackson and Eichenberg both compete for that position and you'd have a fairly good offensive line. Now there yeah, are a couple. I, I,
1: yep, I agree with you.
0: A couple other options. Um, George Fant from the Jets. He's 30 years old. Uh, 20. He was undrafted in 2016 out of Western Kentucky. Now Where. The issue with Mike McGlinchey is his pay. He's looking at about $15 million a year. That is a lot of money. Uh, George Fant, they're estimating about $3.5 million a year. So it's a <laughs> significant difference for a pretty good player. Um, and you got Jawan Taylor from the Jags, who's a 25-year-old uh, former second-round pick. The problem is money. A lot of these guys are looking in the double digits, but... One other option, which I want to get your guys' opinion on, bringing back Jawan James. What do you guys think about that? James, he got hurt a lot. He did get hurt a lot, and he did not ha- he's not had a very good career, but between him and Austin Jackson, who do you think is the higher-quality player?
2: Boy, well, if I had to say, I, I don't want either. You know, yeah. at this at this point, uh, I'm just not sure Juwan James has what it's going to take to be able to run in the outside zone system. Uh, mm-hmm. With the recent injuries, especially in the lack of play, I think that he's probably a declining asset for any that's team. How that's, I would look at him. That signs okay. him. I love uh, the idea of bringing in McGlinchey. If we can mm-hmm. find some way to get that worked out, that would be, I do like the golden goose analogy because I think that that would be the signing that would uh, would really help us. I also agree with you as far as as uh, the right tackle we're going to bring bring back. And now um, Eric Fisher. Mm-hmm. I do believe that we bring Fisher back. So, And I think he's still got some football ahead of him.
0: I think so too. I think taking last year off, Helped him to reset. I mean, he's not a young guy. He's 32 years old. But playing offensive tackle, you can hit, you know, your mid-30s and still have some quality left in you. Um, one other name.
1: Matter of the legs. If the legs are good, it'll be okay. You
0: exactly. Know? One other name is Yadni Kajust. Now, he is a tackle for the New England Patriots. So, he's not going to be costing a lot. He's looking at about $2 million a year but you're taking away one of your opponent's starters and putting him on your team. And he is not as high a quality player as like a Mike or George Fant, um, or some of the other guys that are available like Isaiah Wynn, also from the Patriots, but he is significantly more cost efficient. So if you switch over...
2: Go ahead, Daniel. No, I'm going to let you continue. Uh,
0: I was going to switch over to guard. Um, This is a position that I have... Gone over a few times and struggled with because it's one of those positions, if you're going to pay an offensive lineman, it's going to be a tackle, whereas a lot of the guards that are coming up on free agency are either going to be incredibly high-paid guards or they're going to be injury-prone guards. And I think that that's probably the case for most guys who are available at this point. Exactly. But one guy that I, I did see that I like is Trey Turner from the Washington Commanders. He's a 29-year-old former third-round pick. He's played pretty solid football. And do you know what percentage of games he's played over the last two years?
1: No, Tell, but you us. Do.
0: Tell us. 100% of games for the last two years he has played. He has That's not nice. missed anything due to injury, which would be a nice change for our team. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a guy who he's not going to be high earning maybe $3 million a year. And if you get him on a two or three year deal, say 6 or $9 million to come play left guard, you know, play with um, Connor Williams on his right, play with Armstead on his left or Eric Fisher. If Armstead goes down, that's a pretty solid left side of the line. In a dream world, we would get Mike McGlinchey and Trey Turner and just, have Eichenberg play, you know, backup swing guard and have Eric Fisher as our swing tackle. I think that is setting us up for a really strong offensive line that wants to do what Mike McDaniel wants to do. And these are guys that have experience in that zone blocking scheme which it takes time to learn. They know this system and I think they would put us in a really good place going forward. Um and I've got Going over some stuff, you know, we can work the cap. We can free up some money. I think I've seen somewhere around fifty to fifty-five million that we can free yep. up, depending on what we do. If you take about twenty of that and put it in the offensive line, it's a lot of money. But that's been a a weak spot for us for well, a they've very got long guys, time.
1: They need to resign. You know,
0: they do. That's um, the other. That's the so other part. You, of you know, it. you
1: can talk about what they're going to free up, but a lot of that money is already spent. That is yeah, true. Yeah, I think they re signed Brandon Shell, for example. I
2: think he played uh, pretty good this year. I think year. so too. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see him re signing. So, little, in that little. case,
1: I don't either.
0: If you take Brandon Shell, is he going to be your, your swing tackle? Could be. and then There's
2: you- a good chance. So, especially if, mm-hmm. if uh, we get Fisher to start. Yes. If Fisher starts, you got to kind of expect that Shell's is going to be. Uh, your swing tackle, and that may even make a guy like Austin Jackson expendable. And we mm-hmm. know what Daniel Reinhardt would say, and that would be cut his, <laughs> cut his ass, ass so he's on this list and somebody else pays him and not a guy that we want.
0: Well, realistically, if you get Eric Fisher back, you bring Brandon Shell back, and then you let um, Eichenberg and Jackson compete for the left guard spot, you're not spending a ton of money. You're re-signing two guys for you know less than $5 million total. And your offensive line is, in theory, set.
1: We'd like to throw a shout out to DraftKings for sponsoring our show. And uh, here's a little message, and we'll be right back. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner in the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. It's void in Ohio. And see the show notes for details. So, Mike, let me ask you this: Is
2: there? Do you know what like the average or like the highest sides of this guard pay is in the NFL? What does a high-paid guard bring? I know Ryan was just talking about it, but there's a guy that I really like named Dalton Reisner, uh, who's a free agent out of Denver. And I think I'm not sure
1: what the top end is, but I would think a, a good quality guard's probably earning 10, 12 million million.
2: Yeah, so and, Reisner yep. is expected to get around 10 million a year. Mm-hmm. This guy's a good football player. And uh they've been a good line there. And if if I'm not mistaken, we have uh a couple of guys that just came over from some Denver recent staffs, and so I think Dalton Reisner is a guy to kind of watch for us on the interior of that line. Um If he come over, it would
1: definitely say something
2: about our new offensive line coach.
1: And just real quick, here's what happens, okay? Each year, the salary cap goes up. Mm Yeah. So if last year, the average guard, you know, decent guard was making $10 million and the cap went up 12%, you're going to add 12% onto that $10 million. Okay? And that's kind of the way that works, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks it's found money, but it really isn't because the contracts escalate.
2: Yep. Well, and I'm not sure that all of the contracts escalate equally, though. Either so they don't. Uh, you know, it depends on
1: who's thinking what's important at the time. Because it, look what quarterbacks are trying to get now, right? Forty-five million.
0: <laughs> hey, Danny, Danny like, Dimes is worth every bit of that forty-five million.
1: Said give nobody it to ever. Him,
2: N.Y.G. Give it to him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know, it was a few years ago. It was thirty million. Now it's mm-hmm. forty-five million. You know, just the way it goes.
2: Yeah. Just but, wait until uh, Jalen Hurts gets paid. It's going to be oh wild. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> but, but to your point about Dalton Reisner, that's another guy who over the last two years has been a consistent player, like you pointed out. He's also played over 90% of snaps for the last two years, so he's another guy who's not going to miss a lot of time, which I think is something we, need, we really need to consider. But again, it comes back to, can you afford $10 million a year on a guard?
2: Yeah.
1: It all depends how badly they want the guard, you know. Yep. I mean, they can do it, but they gotta do things to make that happen. Yep. You know, and you got you gotta you know you you gotta prepare for Wilkins becoming available and uh, Sealer becoming available, and and uh, you know, there's other players that are going to become available next year. So you you've got to have a plan on how you plan on keeping the guys you need to keep.
0: There so, are, no but doubt. but the good news is I I've seen an article about. Austin, uh, about Zach Sealer's agent talking about they've been in negotiations, they're working. So yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that they're planning two years ahead at this point, or at least they're trying to, and they're bringing back their quality talent. You hope <laughs> you would, you would hope so, and I, you know, when they're Seeler,
1: negotiating doesn't mean they have a deal. It just means they're talking.
0: It doesn't, but also Sealer's not the guy who's going to command top level uh, agreed tackle agreed. money. So he's Agreed. a guy who you could bring in as a depth piece, whereas Christian Wilkins is potentially going to reset the market for that position.
1: Mm.
2: <laughs> potentially, I, Poten- I definitely I see I could say potentially and agree with that. I'm not sure he will, but potentially he's. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a top oh, five. He's not going to
1: make more than Aaron Donald. The
2: way that he, the way that he uh, performed last year, if he comes in and he turns up his sack numbers this mm-hmm. next year. He could be a guy who, uh, who does some amazing things monetarily.
0: And, I mean, you bring up Aaron Donald. But when was Aaron Donald's contract negotiated? It's been, what, two years?
1: I, I can look up the figures, but... I, know, I, I
0: get what you're saying, you know, yeah. but at the same time... Point well taken. You see guys every year who are not as good as that other guy getting right. more money. right.
1: It's like I want a dollar more than he makes, you know. Exactly. We, we saw that on our own team with Xavier uh, Howard.
0: Howard and yep. and uh, Byron Jones. Yep. Yep.
2: And I'll be fair when I said I could see that potentially. I didn't even think about the name Aaron Donald, so I <laughs> uh, absolutely backtrack on that. And uh, yeah, good luck.
1: Uh huh. So
2: you you <laughs> wanted to talk about tight end, hey. Daniel? Yep. Yeah. So here's the thing for tight end. This is a position that I think we need to focus on. There is a world over in San Francisco where they run the ball really well and they use their tight end really effectively. Now, I know that we are not a carbon copy of San Francisco, but it's pretty clear to me that we didn't get our tight ends nearly involved as we should have last year, and our running game didn't exactly perform where we thought it would last year. And there is also a world that you can blame some of that on the guy that we have currently on the end of the line who's going to be a tight end uh, free agent this year. So first off, just straight off the bat, do not expect to see Mike Kosicki back in Aqua and Orange this year. Uh, I know that there are some of of the fan base who really want to see him back. He's a playmaker, right? Uh, Or at least he should be it's not going to happen. So I have prepared a list of a few guys that I think, uh, that fans may want to see here that they're not going to see here. Some, some guys that I think if we really go hard after the tight end position that we could bring in. And then some guys that I think that are actually targets for us. So first off, I'm just going to say right off the bat, Irv Smith is a free agent, and so is Robert Tanyan. Don't expect to see either one of those guys come into Aqua and Orange because they are just not good enough blockers. And so here's the thing. Uh, Gasicki did not get used the way he should have been used because he cannot block. Okay, so plain and simple, that's the story. And Irv Smith and Robert Tanyan, both guys who are uh, effective as receivers. Irv Smith is explosive. Robert Tanyan can turn upfield and break tackles and get into the end zone neither one of those guys are going to come to Miami the three guys that I would say that if we decide that we want to get one of the top guys in this free agent class Austin Hooper who was a third round pick out of Stanford Hayden Hurst who was a first round pick by the Baltimore Ravens and a guy named Dalton Schultz from Dallas all three of those guys are receiving threats and they can block I think that if we really wanted to spend in free agency on the tight end position, if we found a way to make that happen, those three guys, any one of those guys would improve our running game and our tight end receiving game uh, a lot. Now, I don't think necessarily that those are going to be our targets. Here's, a, here's three guys that I think, and I'll, I'll go run down from three to one of who I would like to see. Anthony Ferkser. So Anthony Ferkser was an undrafted free agent out of Harvard. He is not quite as polished a blocker as the the three that I just mentioned, but he has had a lot of play uh, as an inline blocker, and he is effective in both pass pro and run pro. He's also an effective receiver when he's given the opportunity. I think that if Anthony Fergser was brought in, he would just kind of extend the, uh, the tight end room a little bit. It wouldn't be anything crazy flashy, but it, I think it would have a better chance of getting the job done. I think a guy named Ross Peanut Butter dwelly out of San Francisco is another guy that, that would come in and get the job done on the, on the end of the line at the tight end position. He's well, really well versed in the Shanahan game. He knows Mike McDaniel really well, and given opportunities when Kittle was hurt and out, not only was he effective at blocking, staying on his blocks, and, and really beating people up, but he also had a uh, he also could make a big play here and then. So I think that Ross is a guy that we could bring in for really cheap who would help our tight end room and then my number one tight end on, on this offseason for what we're trying to do in miami is foster moreau foster moreau it was a fourth round pick out of lsu he was an explosive athlete there he's 6'4 250 so he's a big boy and he's really good in pass pro and he's really good in run blocking As a matter of fact he sticks on blocks really well and he finishes blocks strong uh, you can see on tape that people hate uh, hate going up against him because he can get out on routes. He's shown the propensity to uh, be a big play guy. He can turn, he can break tackles, and he can take it to the house from uh, far out. He's not George Kittle, but he has some ability to, to be a menace over the middle of the field. And you've seen that when Darren Waller was out in, in Vegas. So... Uh, he has had ups and downs in his career in Vegas or Los Angeles before or Oakland, wherever they were at, but he's only 25 years old. He was a fourth-round pick in 2019, and I think that he could be the guy that we bring in similar to Alex in- Alec Ingold, where he makes a huge difference in that position group. You can split him out. You can keep him in line. You can bring him into the backfield. I think he is... Could be a difference maker. I think he could be a match making nightmare, and I think he could make some big plays that we did not see out of our tight end room this year. So, if I had to say, go get me a guy, it would probably
1: be Foster Moreau.
2: What do you think, Mike? Are there any big free agents at
1: any one of these positions that you? You think- know, I, I'm concerned about dollars. That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, for sure. We have to sign the punter. <laughs> <laughs> We got a lot of people to sign.
2: <laughs> oh, the the butt punter.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, that's what people will say, right? The butt yep. punter. No, I thought Morstead did a good job. I did. No, too. He
0: did. He did a yeah. great job. I think he's a really solid, uh, definitely a leader on this. team. Yeah,
1: great
2: veteran presence. Too. Absolutely. Yep.
1: So I mean, they got a lot of people to resign. So you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how many dollars they they do put out during free agency. Uh, I, I do think they have to fix one of the positions on the line, preferably mm-hmm. the right tackle. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if they're going to do that. They do may think just decide to, to, to stay with what they have, and, you know, another year until they have a better ability to handle. You think we go after one of those top three guys and that, you that you I was talking about? And you the tight end, if you Austin get Hooper, a guy Dalton, block, Hayden, Hurst. that could
0: assist whoever they have at right tackle as well.
1: Here's the thing though, you went and you brought in this defensive coach who's supposed to be a, you know, a genius and, mm-hmm. and going to turn the defense right around. What does he need? Right? Mm-hmm. What does he need? Because he's going to have needs, so we don't know what those needs are. You know, Is he going to be happy with uh, Jerome Baker? Is he going to be happy with the other guys that he has? Maybe he will. But if not, you got to feel like they're going to probably focus on that side of the ball as well.
0: Yeah. you know That's where the draft comes in. We don't have... A first round draft pick, which people might look at it as a negative, but in a year where you're trying to spend money wisely, that's money that's not committed to a guy um second round draft pick's not going to make nearly as much, but you can get a guy who can come in on the defensive side of the ball who somebody that's you know gonna be graded highly, somebody yeah, that can come in and start right away yeah. you would you would hope, but that's to your point where Vic Fangio comes yeah. in he's going to have say on who comes in and who can do what. And if you look at our defense, if you bring back, you know, Xavier Howard and Nick Needham and Cater uh, Kohu and Brandon Jones and you got Javon Holland, you got a pretty good, you know, starting uh, defensive backfield. We have our starting front four. Might, you know, is Jerome Baker going to fit to your point? Maybe, maybe not. Is the rookie that we drafted last year going to play? We don't know. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot that we don't know at this point but exactly you also have the draft where you have you know quality guys going to be available to us
1: it's just hard to say they should go after this position and this position because there's a lot of mystery right now exactly
0: and and to that point you know i brought up mike McGlinchey. who's to say that san francisco isn't going to resign him
1: of course but that goes with any any of the free agents
0: right so this is all speculation at this point you know it's Who would I like to see us sign is probably if we could free up the money and sign Mike McGlinchey and then uh, Foster Moreau, like Daniel was talking about. That would be a pretty amazing, you know, pair for our offense. Right. And you let Jackson and Eichenberg battle it out for the left guard position and your offense is set right there. Then you focus everything else on the defense.
2: Yeah. And the thing about free agency in the draft, you fill the holes in free agency and draft for the other holes. So uh, it's going to be interesting Mm -hmm. to see where we think
1: we need. Run that by me again. What? Run that by me again. (laughs) You know, the drill. (laughs) What are you doing? You know, Mike, you,
2: you fill the, you fill as many holes as you can in free agency and then you draft best player available. Right. It fill the rest of the holes. Okay. All right. That's not what you said. That's okay. So, so let me rephrase that. So, you fill as uh-huh. many holes as you can in free agency, so that you can draft best player draft. available there in you draft. Go. But you're going to be drafted to fill in the holes that you can't, that you have not been able to fill in in free agency as well. So it's going to well, be I mean, really interesting to see what we're able to do in free agency. Minus, like what you said, Mike, we got to pay some of our guys and we got to bring some of our guys back because. We don't want to mm-hmm. lose all of the guys we put in the work with last year for, for like Eric Eric Fisher and, and Brandon Shell and, and the other guys that are are on their way out unless we show them the dollars.
0: Yep. Right.
1: That's it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> plays her for free. No. Damn it. So, yeah. You know, Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what they do. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting offseason from that aspect because uh, They've got a lot of wheels to turn, you know. I was I was talking before earlier about you know a lot of veterans they have on the young veterans they have on the roster that we're really not mm-hmm. sure about, right? Isucoma being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Tyndall being another one. A lot of these guys, you know, young players that we're just not sure if they're going to be able to play. Uh, Austin Jackson, obviously. You Noah, know.
2: you know, uh, we're we're pretty Noah sure yes, at this point yes. what we have with Noah, but I, he's. I'm, I'm, he's yeah. got a chance, you know. If we're putting, if if Vic Fangio is putting him in a different positions in in the zone defense, there's a potential that maybe we see something out of Noah this year that we haven't seen so far.
1: So, it's maybe we don't know. This is like his said, third history. regime.
0: <laughs> this is his third regime that he's going to be part of, and he was a healthy scratch towards the end when we were, you know, playing fourth string safeties at corner
2: and i just want to add too we didn't get a chance to talk about it before so but bringing in uh the chargers dc from last year ronaldo hill as a as mm-hmm. a safety or as a, a defensive coach on this staff with fangio when he's actually he was already a dc and now he's coming here to be a lesser um that says something you know about the direction of our team i think it says something about the respect our coaches to have right now and it can really help elevate us to a, a level we haven't seen in the last several years. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he's the uh defensive passing game coordinator, and I don't know exactly what they do. I'm not sure exactly what that role is. You know, I mean obviously they're he's gonna help them prepare a defensive game plan against yep. the pass, but on on practice days, I'm not really sure what you know what the coach does. Uh so you know, they have all these new coaching positions. <laughs> You know, you never saw that in years past, you know, that was a defensive coordinator, that was his Mm -hmm. job, you know? So anyway. All right, guys, anything else you want to discuss? That's it for me tonight, fellas. Nope.
0: Let's hope uh, we get off to a good start this year.
1: Yeah. Well, we got a long time to talk about it because (laughs) 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 we're only very early in the off-season, so yeah i guess we have the uh combine coming up right starts next week yeah and i just got back from indy
2: i I stayed right across the street from uh from old lucas oil and uh town is hopping i was actually kind of impressed with that town the downtown area of indy is pretty cool and they're gonna have a good combine over there
1: yeah it should be fun we'll have something to talk about all right guys uh until next week thanks for joining me thanks for listening everybody and fins up. Fins, up. fins up all right that's today's show i just want to remind everyone that the fin fans podcast is proud to be part of dolphins Talk.com podcast network and the pigskin podcast network check out these sites guys there's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy all right until next time be well and take care